Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit fightradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Sheila Seppi, and we will be talking about her journey as well as her new book, Walk-Ins, The Cosmology of the Soul. A walk-in is a soul that has agreed to exchange places with a soul that is currently inhabiting a body. This is called a soul exchange. There are different types of walk-ins, and in Sheila's book, you get to meet 15 people who have experienced various aspects of this phenomenon, from soul infusions to braids to overlays to jumpers to soul layering. They all come from different parts of our galaxy and beyond. If reading these words resonates with you and you answered yes to these questions, um, you may be a walk-in. Uh, This book will offer guidance uh, to all of those wishing to learn more about the fascinating transformational phenomena. Sheila is an author, speaker, multidimensional life coach, healer, regression therapist, and event coordinator. She's a board member of the Institute for Exoconsciousness and heads up their ExoHealers module. She is the founder of Spiritway Wellness in Eagle Vale, Colorado, and is the founder of Conscious Awakening Series, which brings national and international speakers to the Vale um, Valley area. For more information, you can visit Sheila's website, which is SheilaSeppi.com, and that's S-H-E-I-L-A-S-E-P-P-I.com. So with that, I'd like to welcome Sheila to the show. Good day, Sheila. Hi. How are you? Thanks for inviting me. Um, do- it's my pleasure. I have not had a, a conversation or a show about walk-ins in a long, long time. So um, <laughs> this is going to be probably new to a lot of uh, recent listeners. So um, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Um, so in the introduction, I kind of mentioned briefly what a walk-in is. So um, but would you mind sharing with the listeners from your personal perspective, um, um, exactly what they walk in is, and, and how does that come about? Okay. Well, I, I want to share my story and then talk a little bit um, about a couple types of walk-ins because if you'd had this conversation with me a little over 20 years ago, I would have probably just took off running because not only did I not believe in walk-ins, I didn't believe in anything metaphysical, didn't believe in past lives. I had a very um, rigid, narrow, uh, very constricted belief system. And the, even the thought of a walk-in uh, would have just blown my mind. And so what happened with me is I was a very, very sick person. I had been diagnosed with the potential of bone tumors, 
not bone tumors, but brain tumors. They thought I had multiple sclerosis and would be in a wheelchair by the time I was in my mid-30s. They told me that I had migraines, chronic fatigue, sarcoidosis. I had been diagnosed and had an oncologist from Duke University for bone cancer. I used to walk with a cane because I had erythema nodosum, which affects the lymph nodes of the body, and it made it very, very painful for me to walk. And I also had three kids that I was trying to raise while I was wow. sick. And so, uh, and I worked full time in a very um, high profile, demanding job. And so I was very, very sick. And I went to bed this way. And what seemed like about seven o'clock the next morning, someone reached down, it felt like, reached down, grabbed me by the hair of the head, and pulled me bolt upright. And then it felt as if lightning was running through my body. And the next thing I knew, I was in white space. Now, I don't know how long I was in this white space, but for the first time in a long, long time, I was out of pain. I was very comfortable. I felt at peace. And I was really just relaxing and enjoying this new feeling. And the next thing I knew, my peripheral vision started coming in and then my frontal vision. And as I looked around the room, everything was exactly the way it was when I went to bed the night before, but everything was different. There, there was just like this newness, this excitement for life. I had energy and vitality, and I didn't know it at the time, but I was 100% healed of all the ailments that I had. And so as I got up and walked around and I caught my image in the mirror, it was like I was mesmerized because I stood there staring at myself. And it was, even though it was my reflection, it felt like I was looking mm-hmm. at someone else. And I don't know how else to describe it. But, you know, my coming into my knowing uh, was different than some people's coming in because initially I did not know that I was a walk-in. And all I knew is that all of a sudden, everything was different. My personality changed. My taste in clothes changed. My taste in music changed. My diet and lifestyle changed. And things that had been acceptable in my life were no longer acceptable, including the marriage I was in. So within three months, I had (laughs) left that marriage, Mm -hmm. moved to the town where I was working. And within another three months, I... Um, was solicited to move to another state to start a new job, and I met my first spiritual teacher. And it was there that I began to work with her and discovered that I was a walk-in because I went to her because I, I had no understanding of what was happening to me. I literally thought I was crazy. And as I tried mm-hmm. to describe what was going on with me in my life, most people would just kind of cross their fingers and walk away. <laughs> you just like, ah. So right. I learned very quickly this was not a topic that I could talk with openly. And um, even though I didn't have the understanding of what a walk-in was, I was very blessed because within six months of walking in, I had someone in my life to guide me. And I went to her, as I said, because first she was a spiritual counselor. And my background was in psychology, so obviously 
that's what I fell back on. And I thought I was having maybe a psychotic break that the illness and, and the dysfunction of the marriage and everything had just kind of gotten to me. And I was just having a breakdown of sorts. And it was very reassuring that um, I was not having a breakdown. And so I discovered for me, I was what's called a soul exchange. And that means my original soul, which is the natal soul, actually left my body and went about doing its job. And then the new soul came in, which is me, the Sheila soul. And um, there was a contract on the other side that allowed this to happen. So it wasn't like I just pushed the old soul out. It was a very gentle, congenial agreement because the old soul literally was just beaten and worn down and just it just needed to go. And so walk-ins can happen as a result of illness like what I had. But also mm-hmm. walk-ins can happen uh, if someone is under anesthesia, if they're having an operation or surgery of sorts. Um, one lady that I spoke with uh, became a walk-in when she was under and was in a coma state. And when she came out, she woke up and it's like, oh, I'm a walk-in. I'm from 13th Dimension and da-da-da-da-da. And, of course, everybody thought <laughs> she was crazy. Um, and then, um, <laughs> yeah, right. And so then there are other types of walk-ins, though. But for me, I'm what... You know, when people think of a walk-in, I would be what's called like the classic walk-in where one soul's in and then it leaves and another soul steps in. So one soul in, one soul out kind of thing. But there's what's called soul infusions, and they're a walk-in of sorts as well. And that's when more of a person's higher aspects will come in from what's called the Shantias Khan, which I'll mention in a few minutes. But they have more of their original soul energy that comes into their body, and a portion of the natal soul stays. Then there's what's called a braid, and that's where two souls actually inhabit the body, and they literally braid together. And they can stay for a temporary basis. They can stay for a permanent basis. But the two souls are very, very much aware of each other. And sometimes people are lucky and they have um, one of their um, soul aspects that come in that's there to help them. But in other cases, it can be kind of confusing because one soul is always dominant at a time. And then there's what's called a soul overlay. And it's kind of like a neoprene suit that is fitted to the natal soul. And this neoprene suit is the new soul energy. And this new soul energy will act as like a battery charger. Um, It may be there to be a placeholder so that the soul can leave and do whatever it needs to do, whether it's healing or participate in another mission and then come back to the body. And they will either merge together to form one soul or the natal soul will leave and the overlay stays or the overlay will leave and the natal soul stays. And then there's a real interesting one called a jumper. And a jumper is a soul that just pops into the body for a short period of time and pops out. A lot of times if someone has um, an automobile accident, uh, a jumper Mm. will be initiated. They'll come into the body, 
just to help the body heal and to recuperate. You've heard of these uh, horrible automobile accidents and the person walks away with not even a scratch. A lot of times that's a jumper that comes in to help and then they leave or they come in just to act as a muse to assist with a project or something like that. And then one that I find very, very fascinating is called a soul layering. And this is when you have multiple aspects of your own soul that come in and at certain periods of time in your life, they will um, activate basically, and you'll have this little soul dance where one aspect will emerge and then it'll subside and another emerges and subsides. And from a psychological point of view, you know, some people might say, oh, well, that's a split personality or multiple personality. But I assure you that it is not. There's nothing uh, mentally ill about any of these walk-in scenarios that I've discussed. But for the person who's experiencing it, they can feel like there's something wrong with them because all of a sudden, like in my case, I had tons of information about past lives, which I did not believe in the night before I went Mm -hmm. to bed. I had all of these indigenous healing methods and modalities that, that were just coming into my body that I'd never studied or understood. I had all this universal knowledge that, believe me, the night before I did not believe <laughs> in um, because mm-hmm. I had this very form, you know, this little box that right. I was in. Right. And so there are a lot of different types of walk-ins and there are a lot of situations that can bring a walk-in situation or scenario about. But I do want to preface that a lot of times, especially now in the time that we live in, there are a lot of people who are receiving soul infusions. But this is not a walk-in, like bringing in a different aspect from their Shantias Khan. It's more of bringing in the essence of their higher self. And that comes about through like a spiritual awakening, kundalini awakenings, but it's because that person's done their personal work or they have really been meditating and they've been asking for some type of an awakening and it occurs. But a lot of those symptoms are very close to what the symptoms are of a walk-in. And I say symptoms because there are very, very distinct differences in the personality and the habits, et cetera, of the individual. Now, I mentioned um, the Shantias Khan. And so mm-hmm. I want to, because I may continue uh, to mention that, so I want to just kind of let you know what I'm talking about there. It was probably four or five years after I came in, I had accepted that, yes, I was a walk-in, and I was trying to figure out why I came here, what was my purpose, is this a good thing, what happened to the other soul, all of these questions. And because there really wasn't anyone that could answer those for me, including my teacher, Um, She gave me some phenomenal information, but these were questions of my soul. I worked with my guides, and my guides explained to me that we have an individual, what's called the Shantias Khan, which is basically our own individual oversoul 
or cloud storage uh, that holds our individual Akashic records. That is a place that we incarnate from when we come into a particular lifetime. They also explained that as a portion of that Shantias Khan begins to incarnate, as it gets denser, it's considered the higher self. And that higher self remains connected with that larger oversoul. And as it as the higher self then is getting denser and denser and it comes near the physical body, it begins to move and to swirl and to activate in that auric field around the body. And that's what's called the spirit. That's kind of the action portion. But when that action portion actually attaches to the physical body, that's the portion that's called the soul. And this was a teaching given to me by my guides because I was just asking and asking and asking. And, you know, I wasn't one that just accepted things on blind faith. I'd be like, okay, well, what about? And how come? Mm -hmm. And what does this mean? So I had tons and tons of questions. Um, but, yeah, basically um, that that is what they told me. And when I wrote the book, Walk-Ins, Cosmology of the Soul, I interviewed 15 other individuals because as much as anything, first off, my guides told me I needed to write the book, and I was encouraged um, by a lot of good friends. Barbara Lamb encouraged me, and Andrea Perrin was encouraging me uh, to get this book and to get this information out. And then my guide said, yeah, it's time. You need to get this done. And so I wanted to tell my story. But then... I, you know, I kind of felt like this is a pretty fantastic sounding story, even though mm -hmm. I've worked mm -hmm. with this energy now for 20 right. years. Um, so I started bringing in other people to validate my experience because there's no scientific data about it, even though religions all over the world, going back to the beginning of time, will agree that we're a soul having a human experience or that we all possess a soul there's no scientific data that says, yes, here's the soul and here's where it's located and here's the megahertz, but it's a widely accepted phenomenon uh, and widely accepted belief by the majority of the people of the world. And so I still felt like I needed a little bit more information. Plus, I was seeking community because I didn't know any other walk-ins. I, I couldn't just pick up the phone and say, hey, what was your experience like and have you experienced blah, blah, blah. So I began interviewing people, and through my research, that's when I discovered that there were all these different types of souls, not just the walk-in uh, like I am, which is the soul exchange, but there are other kinds of soul experiences, such as the infusion and the braid and the overlay and the jumper and the layered soul aspect. And so from that, um, the book just began to blossom and unfold. And then I also interviewed eight other individuals who are highly recognized in the field of, you know, conscious evolution to give their points of view about walk-ins. Because I really, as much as I was writing the book, I was also on a fact-finding mission. And so that's kind of how the book came in. That's how um, I became a walk-in, and um, I'll be honest with you, it totally changed my life. 
Um, my children immediately saw the difference. My family, my friends saw the difference. And one of the unique things that, um, and other people can be aware of this, and this might be a sign that they are a walk-in, is I had totally lost um, my connection with people around me. When I came in, the only true connections I had were with my children and with my mom, my dad, and my sister, and that's it. I knew some other people. I knew some family members, but I didn't have a connection with them. But when I had a family member that passed and we were at the funeral, so many people came up talking to me, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, happy band and all this stuff. And a couple of them just <laughs> looked at me and said, you don't even know who I am, do you? And I did. <laughs> and my mom overheard all of this. And afterwards, she sat me down on the couch and uh, she said, I really need to talk to you because I'm concerned that you have the beginning stages of Alzheimer's. And I was mm-hmm. just dumbfounded. I did not know what to say. And so, you know, I said, well, Mom, there's a reason for that. And so I explained to her that I was a walk-in and when I came in and how it had changed my life and some of the truths that I brought in um, from universal knowledge. And my mom said, oh, my God, this makes so much sense. And then she said, does that mean that I'm not your mom? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You're my mom. You're still my mom. You just, you know, to a new and improved version. And I didn't tell my dad until the week that the book was getting ready to be released because (laughs) he has a very, very firm belief. But, you know, my parents, they, you know, I chose well when I came in because my family, they just embraced me. They do not understand me, but they embraced me because I also brought in, you know, like clairvoyance and Claire sentience and, you know, all of the different clairs. And when my aunt passed away, she literally came to me and she was complaining about the way they had her hair fixed and the way they had her fingernails were the wrong color. And I'm just sitting there and she shows up right in the car and I'm like, oh my gosh. She's like, you got to tell him, you got to tell him, you got to tell him. Well, I told my dad as soon as we got to the funeral home and um, he just looked at me like, what are you talking about? And sure enough, when we went in, everything she described was out of order. The fingernail polish was the way she um, had described it and everything. And after it was over, I told my dad, I said, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to to freak you out, but I, I did. I just didn't know what to do. And, you know, he very lovingly, he gave me an embrace and literally patted me on the head and said, oh, that's okay, honey. You're what they call a psychic, but we love you anyway. You know, and so <laughs> I knew at that point, I knew at that point I had chosen yeah. well. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, now, when, like you mentioned that it's um, one of these cases, I mean, there are many different um, ways that can happen and reasons that it can happen. Do you feel that the walk-in experience is something um, like pre-planned? You know, how a lot, a lot of people have the belief that, like, you know, we select the parents, we, we come in to, to, for specific reasons, um, or do you feel that maybe that, that it's more of a um, 
like a, in case of emergency, <laughs> you know, break glass, you know, and is uh, kind of a fact. Because the one thing that I've noticed is that in many cases, like you, um, when that kind of transition happens, it's usually at um, a, a very um, dramatic point in the person's life. Um, actually, it's both. Okay. okay. Um, and so let me explain that. First off, before we incarnate, we have what's called a birth plan where we sit down with the multiple uh, aspects of ourselves. We sit down with our guides, with our teachers, etc., and we plan out why we're incarnating, where we're going, why we're coming in, what our life's mission is, etc., and if a walk-in is, um, if there's someone else that needs to come in, but they really don't need the birth experience or the adolescence experience or even the young adulthood experience because I came in at the age of 38, if they don't need any of those experiences, they can come in at a later age. And so those two souls can make that agreement, and that becomes part of the birth plan. Then there are situations like, um, basically like with mine, because there is an agreement that takes place, but it's so instantaneous. I believe that the okay. soul of this mm-hmm. body was getting ready to die and because of those illnesses. But the soul of this previous body was also of an Arcturian nature. And so this soul had laid a foundation through those 38 years and it imprinted into the cellular matrix of the body and into the blueprint enough information that when I came in, I could use that information to acclimate to the body without kind of frying the system. And so in our case and in other walk-in cases, so let's just retract that and back up for just a moment. There are other cases where a an exchange needs to happen almost instantaneously. If there's going to be an automobile accident and the soul's like, okay, uh, this was a choice point, but I just don't want to deal with this. And a choice point would be something you build into the birth plan that gives you exit strategies so that you can leave and go back to the other side. And you might say, oh, at age three, I'm going to catch a really bad, you know, I'm going to have pneumonia really bad. Uh, You can leave then. Or it's like, okay, I'm going to be in an automobile accident at 19, or I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And so there are different choice points. And sometimes when those choice points come up, the soul is like, yeah, I've been here on earth long enough. I am not going to experience any of this car accident. I don't need to experience the car accident. I'm out of here. And then the walk-in soul will come in. And so when that happens, there still has to be some type of either a knowing of that soul from the other side, or there has to be some type of a resonance so that um, it's just kind of like if someone has a liver transplant, there has to be a resonance with that liver coming Mm -hmm. into the body or it'll be rejected, and the same would be with the soul. So there has to be a resonance. So you have to make sure that that's in place. 
And so in my case, there was a resonance. And because I was coming basically from within my oversoul and came in as an aspect of the higher self, when I incarnated, there was enough resonance that had already been in that physical body that I could come in, heal the body instantaneously without having to have all of the um, neurological damage to occur. And I didn't realize um, at first that any healing had taken place until, you know, it was like a day later and it's like, wait a minute, I haven't, I haven't been in pain. I didn't have to take my Celebrex this morning because my hands, <laughs> even at that point, they thought I had RA. And I, I mean, I couldn't even open and close my hands at 38 years old. And I um, thought, well, you know, I'm just going to be one of these people that have these clenched hands their entire life. But um, all of that went away. All of it went away. And um, I basically was given a new lease on life. And for the first, gosh, I guess probably for the first seven or so years, seven to ten years, my life's mission, of course, obviously, number one was to raise the children. But the other mission was to really get this body cleared and cleaned and, you know, change some of the neurological thinking and some of the cellular uh, imprints that was already there because there were a lot of behaviors that apparently the other person had that I just, you know, they just didn't resonate with me. And so I had to really mm -hmm. begin to do a lot of cellular clearing uh, and clean things out. And then um, I guess it was probably in 2012, um, I was on a spiritual venture heading down to Chaco Canyon uh, with some friends, and we had to stop uh, partway. We got a room and stayed overnight. And as soon as I walked into the room, I heard lay down on the bed and journey. Now, we're talking shamanic journey uh, because um, my spiritual teacher also taught us shamanism because she's of Hopi lineage. And so um, anyway, so I was told lay down on the bed, journey now. And so I did. And I don't remember too much about the information that came except for the fact there was this gladiator type being that showed up. And when I asked them who they were, in this booming voice, they said, I am Arcturian and you are too. And I'm like, okay, what's Arcturian? I've, I've never heard of that mm -hmm. because, believe it or not, I never read a book about walk-ins until after my book was published. I did not read anything. I didn't read anything that was truly metaphysical of nature. Although I had a lot of books, I'd pick them up, I'd go to read them, then I'd lay them down. It's like, eh, this doesn't resonate. Yep, yep. Now they resonate. But when they told me I was Arcturian, I got up, I wrote it down, I went to the computer, I looked that word up, and I was totally freaked out to find out that it was real, you know. And so I called my husband immediately and told him about it, and he's like, well, that makes sense to me. But the aspects of me that came in, because I came in from my multidimensional aspect, and each of us are multidimensional, you could be having four or five other soul experiences out in the universe, maybe even one on this planet right now. But um, you only bring so much of your essence in. And so when 
a particular essence comes in, you bring a certain set of knowledge in with it. And when I was told that I was Arcturian, there was kind of like this switch that turned on for me. And um, it wasn't very long after that that then I began to realize that I was a multidimensional aspect, but I brought in with me a lot of those Arcturian traits because, number one, it made it easy to come into the body. And the second reason was that the specific traits that I brought in were kind of um, that go get, no nonsense, let's go, let's get it done, let's move forward, we got a job to do, nothing stops us, stand in your integrity, speak your truth, move forward, blah, blah, blah. And so that's kind of what I have needed in this lifetime. And so the reality of it is it was, I mean, I still have things that are unfolding and I still have knowledge that comes to me on a regular basis. And I, they never cease to amaze me. <laughs> wow, wow, that's amazing. Well, we're, we're about halfway through the show, Sheila, so I'll take just a quick break. I mean, then when we come back, um, maybe you, we can talk about the um, what, for the listen for people who are listening. Um, what are some aspects um, or signs that someone might be a walking? You know, so people might sure. want to know about that. So let's let's talk about that when we come back. Okay. Sure. Okay, everyone, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this very brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site, is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our home page. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us again. Today, my special guest is Sheila Seppi, and we are talking about her journey as well as her new book, Walking the Cosmology of the Soul. Um, again, for more information, you can visit Sheila's website, which is www.sheilaseppi.com, and that's S-H-E-I-L-A-S-E-P-P-I.com. Okay, with that, we're back. Sheila? Hi. Okay. Um, So (laughs) some of the um, signs 
uh, that someone might be a walk-in could be, um, as I've mentioned, first off, there's going to be a change in the personality. Now, a lot of times these are subtle changes, and sometimes they're very, very obvious changes. But if your friends or family have noticed changes in your personality, um, you might want to start asking yourself why. Sometimes when people experience a near-death experience or have a major, major emotional trauma, like one of the guys that I had spoken with became a walk-in after he'd lost a young child. And he was so grief-stricken that he, you know, he just wanted out. Um, And so there's lots of reasons people have major emotional trauma or if you've had severe illnesses or undergone surgery and sometimes um, you will feel totally, totally different after the experience, you might want to check in with yourself and and ask yourself if you think that you're a walk-in. Also, if you start to feel disconnected from people around you, maybe your family, your friends. Um, If you used to go out every Wednesday night with your friends and have karaoke and a couple beers and whatever you had to eat, but all of a sudden your food tastes change, you don't want to sing karaoke and you really don't want to be around the people you've been around, you might want to check in with yourself. And if you start having lifestyle changes also, If you change jobs, careers, or relationship without any other reason other than the fact that it's kind of like, you know, they no longer feed my soul, then it's very possible that you could be a walk-in. A lot of times people also will experience disinterest in their hobbies or they'll develop new Mm -hmm. hobbies. They'll have a change of interest like Like in my case, all of a sudden I was interested in spirituality and astrology and tarot and extraterrestrials and other esoteric topics, whereas before you couldn't have sat on me and made me read a book (laughs) about, you know, esoteric or metaphysics. There was just no way. And then sometimes people will have an instantaneous spiritual awakening um, and all of their spiritual gifts will come flooding in. And like in my case, also, when I walked by the mirror and I stopped and I really did not recognize that person that was staring back at me, if you've had any of these kind of experiences, it's very possible that you could be a walk-in. Also, things um, like for me, I started having all these memories of things that I didn't believe in, or I started having remembrances or knowings of things I had never studied. Um, Also, if you start experiencing missing time, now there can be a lot of reasons for missing time, but one of them could also be that a walk-in event has occurred. Also, if you feel like that you just don't belong here anymore, whereas before you did. Now, I know a lot of people, they kind of feel out of place here on this planet, and there can be a lot of reasons (laughs) for that. Uh But if all of a sudden, if you were like, you know, chatty Kathy and little butterfly at the party the night before, and then all of a sudden it's like, what What am I doing here? Why, you know, where am I? I I don't understand. That can be a symptom of being a walk-in. And also if that knowing um, brings about hypersensitivities to other people's thoughts and feelings, so like if you just become empathic overnight, 
um, or you might know all of a sudden like when people are not being honest with you, um, whereas before you had trouble discerning that, that could also be another sign. So there are so many different signs. Um, you know, that mental confusion that I had because I literally lost a majority of my memory. And um, I can look like my kids will show me a photo and they'll say, do you remember this, Mom? And then they'll tell me the story surrounding it. And it's almost like, yeah, I kind of remember. It's kind of like an old movie that you watched years (laughs) and years ago. If you start having those types of (laughs) scenarios occurring, you very well could be a walk-in. Also, if all of a sudden you feel something different or like something's happened, like when I sat bolt right up in bed, everything was the same, but everything was different. And I... I just don't know how else to explain it. There's just this eerie mm-hmm. knowing. And if people start experiencing that or the mental confusion or, you know, like I said, that memory loss, or if they have like this newfound sense of mission that all of a sudden it's like, I've got to get this done, I have to do this, um, or I have this message that I have to share with people, they very well could be a walk-in. Um, And then on the flip side of that, sometimes people all of a sudden feel more anchored or they feel more grounded because not everybody's situation is like mine. Some people, especially if they are in fusions or braids or overlays or jumpers or even layered, they will retain the memories of the lifetime. Now, some that are not so pertinent may start to fade, but when they come Mm -hmm. in, they have all those memories. And so, you know, that could have been pretty useful for me, (laughs) but I didn't have that. Um, Also, sometimes people will start to feel, you know, very depressed just for no reason at all. And a lot of their emotional you know, stability or a balance about them will begin to change. And other things, in my case, like I was very sick, and then all of a sudden, bam, I was healed. My doctors didn't even have an explanation for that. And, of course, back then, everything was very Western medicine-founded. Now I run a holistic uh, holistic center, uh, Spirit Way Wellness. And You can experience tons of changes in your health, but you also can all of a sudden start developing allergies because sometimes the new soul, as it's integrating into the body, will begin to experience new sensitivities, whereas the other soul did not. And then Hmm. um, another huge one is if all of a sudden you wake up and you can speak French, and you've never studied <laughs> French, or you start, uh-huh. you're, or you're bilingual, or you have new talents, um, or if you have talents that immediately go away, because one lady's instance, she was a very proficient seamstress, and then after the walk-in came in, she didn't even know how to thread a needle. All of that mm. skill went away, but she had new skills that came in. And then uh, one of the other ones, too, is if you start having instantaneous out-of-body experiences 
or astral projections without really working on them, um, that can be a sign that you're a walk-in and you're just not fully grounded or anchored. But, you know, I'm sure there are many, many other signs, but those are the majority of the signs that come to mind. Wow, that's quite a list. <laughs> you know, they, it I is, mean, it is. Well, you know, but it's, you know, I'm sure there are people who have experienced, um, you know, various um, various of those um, types of instances. Now, when this happens, is this, is it always an immediate um, uh, shift, you know, um, or, or is there... Um, like a chance, like when you mentioned about the resonance with the, you know, the exchange, you know, you had to kind of resonate mm-hmm. with who, who the exchange was with. I mean, is, is there, see, the, 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 what makes me wonder about this is that, um, you know, is there a, <clears throat> excuse me, I, um, um, I guess a, a period of time where the two can in, interact prior to an exchange. Yes. You know, there are instances when that occurs. And one of the ladies that I interviewed for the book, um, her name is Kaza. And by the way, if people are interested, um, I do have a questionnaire on my website, walkins, W-A-L-K hyphen, I-N-S dot org. And they can go and look through that questionnaire. And they also can see the bios of all the 15 and then the eight individuals that I interviewed for the book, and they can also read the, for the introduction and the foreword of the book on that website. And that might can help people too. But one of the things that happened with Kaza, one of the ladies that I interviewed, is she said she remembers her soul coming in and she for a short time, I guess you would consider, was an overlay because she said she helped the other person who had a totally different name. She helped this person to navigate in their life. They were very, very much in pain. Um, They had, I think she said, 27 near-death experiences. They were a very sick person. And she, as much as she was helping that person, was learning how that person speaks, how that person interacts with her family and with her friends. So when she woke up from that coma and she became this new person, she had a background, whereas I did not. Another lady that I know that's also in the book, Hildegard, when Hildegard woke up, she had no skills on day-to-day life. And her guides really had to walk with her hand in hand to help her with this. She had to even be told by her guides, okay, you have children. They go to what's called school. You have to pack their lunch. You have to bathe children. There's hygiene involved. You know, she had to learn Mm. everything about being a mother, about being someone on earth. And so there are instances when definitely, yes, the soul comes in and will kind of monitor the soul, the other soul that they're getting ready uh, when they exchange. Or if it's going to be an infusion, I'm sure that that's the same. I can only speak 100% for me, what I know to be true for me, and for the 
what's true for the other people that I've spoken to. Um, none of the other individuals that I spoke to other than a soul exchange said that they had the opportunity to monitor. One lady, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact, remembered being on her home planet and coming to this planet. Uh, there's a long story with that, but she was hovering above the body of this young girl who had been abused and all types of different things. And when she entered that body, the next morning that child's hair and eye color had changed. And so that's something else. If people go to bed a brunette and they wake up a blonde, <laughs> you might want to ask yourself if you're a walk-in or if your eye color yeah. starts to change. You might yeah. want to ask. Yeah. But, yeah, there are the only people that said that they monitored a body or even observed mm-hmm. the body before they came in was people who are soul exchanges. Okay. That's interesting, interesting. Now, um, you mentioned soul infusion, and that was one of the things I wanted to kind of also ask a little bit more about. Now, you talked about that as being um, more facets of, like, the higher self, um, soul part, <laughs> soul fragment, I guess, um, being integrated into the current reality. Is that correct? Okay, I, I didn't hear all of that, but I think what oh. what you were asking was about the Shantius Khan and the Oversoul and Higher Soul integration. Was that correct? Yeah, well, it was, you know, the, the idea of the, the soul infusion, you know, the, yeah, the um, infusion, bring, you know, bringing, yeah, infusion. Okay, yeah, in in some cases, what will happen is um, if it's a walk-in situation, a portion, because you have to remember our souls are huge. And just for ease, we're going to call that our individual oversoul. Sometimes an effusion is when higher, 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 higher aspects of that oversoul will come in. And then there are other times when people who have been doing their spiritual work, their prayer work, their meditation, their study, they will also have an infusion. And that infusion is where more of their higher self comes in. And when that happens, 100% of the natal soul is intact in that body. And it just has more information, more energy, more of its soul self that comes in. And I believe that as we work, as we clear, you know, I think we're already in our light bodies. People talk about our light bodies all the time, and that's the encasement for the soul. But that light body itself actually extends about one inch from the physical body. And people can see that, and and it's... um, and anybody can see it. You can have someone to stand up against a, a plain wall. You just allow your eyes to relax and you look at the person, but you really look past the person and you allow your eyes to unfocus. And before long, you're going to see this golden outline around a person. And that's called the etheric template of the physical body. And that etheric template holds all the blueprint information for that physical body. It holds all the blueprint information for the soul and for the soul's mission. It holds all the healing codes and it holds the light codes. 
And the more spiritual work that we do, the more these light codes begin to open up within that field and they begin to penetrate our body, which then increases the resonance, the vibrational frequency of our physical body. And that in and of itself begins to enact new light codes. And so it's this beautiful cycle of enfoldment and bringing things in. And so each and every person on this planet has that information inside their etheric template. So it begins to open up. And when a person has that soul infusion, because of all the personal work that happens, it's just like there's this explosion that goes on, that new soul information comes into the body and it starts to activate all of these codes around that person. And they can have very, very similar experiences to a walk-in, like all of a sudden they'll know things they didn't know the night before. They may feel more drawn to a mission and those kinds of things. So yes, absolutely. There's a lot of people on the planet right now that's having that experience. But it's not necessarily a walk-in experience. Yeah, you know, that was, you know, th- this whole discussion um, <laughs> during t- t- today's show has made, you know, kind of um, makes me wonder about, um, you know, because when you think of soul, you know, you normally think of one person, one soul, and, you know, boom, that's mm-hmm. it. You know, there's no no sharing, no brain, no overlaying, you know, no jumping. You know, I mean, th- those are, you know, those are different aspects of um our properties of of a soul that you know that I just hadn't considered you know and mm-hmm. um and it's interesting because um in each of those cases you can see um where life situations would support that as being Mm-hmm. What happened? You know what I'm saying? So I yes. mean, so anyway, yes. it, I just find it interesting again that it's the, these are different aspects of the soul that I just normally didn't think. But I mean, it's um, but I think that's part of the, the cosmology of the soul. The whole idea of it being more than what we really think it is. Right. Well, and not only that, my in working with my guides, they also allowed me and showed me so much more information about the souls and the oversoul because, um, you know, to be quite honest, I had, uh, like I said, I had a very limited belief system and these knowings Mm -hmm. just kept coming up and kept coming up. And my belief is, and what basically has been um, confirmed to me is, you know, everything comes from that one source, whether you want to call it, Source energy, Father, Mother, God, the Divine One, Great Spirit, all that is, whatever, that God energy. And you hear people talk about the Great Central Sun. Well, that is like an energetic light expression that really emanates from Source. Uh, And I call God Source. And then like that experiential expression of Source would be like that sun component. People talk about the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost because people say, well, I guess you don't believe in God. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. This is just, <laughs> you know, broadened my perspective and allowed me to see that there is so much more than my little pea brain could even conceive <laughs> even now. And so yeah. that 
you know, inner, that experiential expression, that part that gets out is Yehoshua, which ended up on this earth being Jesus. And then there was this energetic expression, that expression that moves in and out and creates that change, which I was told was the Holy Spirit. And so you start out with source energy, and from source then there was the sound or the ohm, and from that ohm, there was created a void, which people now will call like the source field or, um, you know, that it's pre-matter. But to me, that was like that etheric template of source energy, just mm-hmm. like our physical bodies have that etheric template. That's where all the God particles are. And in that void is the place of all possibilities. And so mm-hmm. within the void, yeah. there are all of these little units of this God stuff, which are your creation blueprints and creation templates. And it just goes down and down um, until you get into oversouls. And then you have multiple aspects even of oversouls because you have like a master oversoul and a universal and a cosmic and a planetary and a individual before <laughs> you get down to the Shantius Khan. And each of those has aspects. And so it's kind of like if you look at, um, source being all that is, all of this is contained within source, but yet source is the dot that everything explodes and expands from that just keeps going and going. And that our souls even continue to expand and to expand. And so there's so much that we don't know. And there's so much oh. that they show me that I, ju- I just don't have the language for yet. You know, and I'm just like, yeah. okay, come on, give me the word. <laughs> <laughs> really? I know, I'm sure. Well, 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 Sheila, we are down toward the end of the show, Sheila. Sheila. So um, it's really gone by fast. Um, so what do you hope that the, the readers are going to take away from reading um, Walk Into the Cosmology of the Soul? The first thing is I want people to know that there's support for them because I was very blessed to have support in six months. As an offshoot of the book, an offshoot of the walk-in conference, we now have what's called the WISH Alliance, and we have a website, wishalliance.org, and WISH stands for Walk-Ins, Indigo, Star Season Hybrids, and you can go to that site. We have free meetings every month. We have speakers that come in to educate us. We have what's called family reunion where people can get together and share amongst each other. But I want people to know that you are not alone. You are not alone. There is a whole community out here just waiting for you. Well, thank you very much, Sheila. Now, um, I I do, by the way, like the um, uh, website walkin.org, walkin, walk hiking. Ins.org. Um, yeah, it's um, you really got a lot of great information there, and and I was um, taking a quick look at at the questionnaire so people can really go there and, and check it out for themselves. So I really mm-hmm. want to thank you for your time today, Sheila. I really enjoyed our chat. Thank you, and I do too. And please, if anyone has questions, you can also visit SheilaSeppi.com or just email me at Sheila at SheilaSeppi. Dot com and I'll do my best to get back with you because just know there are people out there to support you. And thank you so much for letting me share my story. 
It's been my pleasure. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Sheila Seppi. Uh, she is the author of Walkings, The Cosmology of the Soul. And as she mentioned, you can visit her at uh, SheilaSeppi.com. You can also visit walk-ins.org. And everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.